Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by our president, Father Bouquet. Uh, Colleen, as always, it's a joy to be with you today, especially on the subject we're going to talk about. Yes, and today we're going to be talking about the March for Life. We both attended last week as along with other people from HLI, and so we're going to talk about the March for Life and why it's still happening this year and what we can do moving forward. Very good. Yeah, so let's just jump right in. Since Roe v. Wade's been overturned, why did we go to the march last week? <laughs> that's a it's, a it's a it's a question that's been asked by so many reporters, and I remember you know watching some of the footage from the March for Life, and and really it was a question that was being posed by people on sidelines. You know, why are you here this year? What's what's this all about? You know, Roe's been overturned, and you know the reality is, Colleen. You know, yes, Roe has been overturned, but the important thing is is the presence you know of pro life uh, pro lifers and the pro life generation still to be very visible, and especially in places like Washington D.C and state capitals uh, to continue to voice, you know, for the unborn, the voice for those who have no voice uh, to defend themselves, because abortion is still happening. The the crime against human life still is happening around this country. And, and of course, in D.C., we want to keep ourselves visible to our legislators and to our lawmakers and saying, you know, we must continue to work, you know, to protect human life and to find means to support women in need and where abortion uh, is eradicated from the mindset of this country. And until that happens, we will continue to march, you know, uh, around the anniversary of Roe, not because of Roe, but because of human life and the dignity of life and to remind uh, our legislators that we have so much work still to do. And I know that uh, many uh, people who were at the march in Washington, D.C. were then traveling back to their own states because a number of marches and rallies and walks uh, were happening not only this past weekend, uh, over the weekend, but also going into the next few weeks ahead. So uh, we still have much to do, so we need to be out there. So it was great. Uh, I think, Colleen, just a little side note, one thing I noticed when I, because uh, we actually were fortunate to be near the front of the march, yeah. and so, which is not very uh, uh, rare for us. Normally, we, we get some somewhere in the middle and and we make our way through and um, uh, into the group and we stay there and but this time we found ourselves way up in the front and it was a great blessing because um, you know we had a chance to see you know um, uh, so many people um, you know uh, in the very beginning you know on the sidelines and waving and even in some of the uh, Rayborn building I saw some of the legislators out on the balcony you know waving you know acknowledging thank you for what you're doing uh, that was great and because sometimes when you come towards the end you don't always see that yeah and and, uh, but also what was nice was looking back. And that's what I wanted to, people kept asking, well, how many people were there? Did you see as many people as you did in years past? I've been going for many, many years and participating even before HLI. And I can say, as I was making my way back away from the march itself, you know, uh, what I noticed as I reached near 6th Avenue, you know, uh, that I could see off of, off of a Constitution and near Pennsylvania, that I can still see the very end of the, of, of the march. So wow. that tells me, you know, that there was there were many, many people there. So it was a, a great showing of, of supporters for life. And I think it really showed, because I think some people thought, you know, would as many people go? I mean, after all, Roe is overturned. But what you heard so many people say, as I just said, our work is not done. Mm-hmm. Yes, Roe has been overturned. We know we have 13 states where uh, abortion has been limited or, you know, no longer permissible. But hey, we have still so much to do. But it was great to see that kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had the moment too where you could turn around on the hill and you look down the hill and see everyone coming. And that I love that moment in the I, march every year that I've been. So it was great to have that moment again this year. And it was a beautiful day. It was. I mean, it's always a beautiful day because we're always together. But uh, you know, this year it was sunny. It was a nice weather, uh, and it wasn't overly cold. It wasn't raining. I and think the wind died down a little bit too when we were marching. Cause... But you were able to really turn and get a good, get a real good look at, at the. people 
people in the crowd. And it was dense. It wasn't just, you know, a small group of people in the middle. The, the whole road was full. And uh, that, that was, it was, it's always a great blessing to do that. Yeah. Why should we still remember the anniversary of Roe? Like, obviously, that was 50 years ago in, on January 22nd. So why should we still remember that going forward, um, either with a March for Life or some people were saying we should still be fasting or praying that day? Why Why is it important for pro-lifers to still remember that? Well, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, in so many of our states, we've been very fortunate because of pro-life legislation and because governors were willing to sign that legislation into law that life is being protected. So with the overturning of Roe, we saw many states be able to advocate for life, and which they had always been able to do, but because of Roe, they could never put into full force. Now that has happened. But we have so many more states where this is not the case, where abortion is still legal, or there are exceptions and so forth that still need to be challenged. And so we need to keep this voice, this presence, this mindset of defending human life. But the reason why we want to stay, for example, like people thought the march in D.C., well, why don't we move the date to June 24th when Roe was overturned? Now, that would still be an important day to do, and I I know that many people will probably do something around that that occasion, but what we need to do by staying near Roe is also to remind us that, one, our work is not done, we just said. Number two, to remind us how easy it can be that it could change. Mm. We know that the the mindsets of many in the House of Congress, uh, you know, in, in the Senate and the House are not of the same mindset as we are here today. We know that many of them advocate for abortion, believe that abortion is a, is a right, and if given the opportunity, once again, to be in, in positions of authority and influence, we could see them passing another bill and maybe getting that bill signed into law. So we, we should never let our guard down. We should always be vigilant, which means we should always be present. And if nothing else, even if we move to the point where we've eradicated abortion across this land, the mindset of abortion is gone, abortion is illegal across this land. We will still need to do something to be to keep vigilant, to be vigilant, because it's so easy for people to forget. And you know what I love is how many of our young people, which Colleen, you would fall into that generation, you know, refer to themselves as a pro-life generation. And I think that's a great way of looking. And what I love now is to hear them speaking post-row generation. We are the post-row generation. I think so many shirts. Yeah, I think that's a great, great, uh, you know, phrase. And but it reminds them. And I remember watching some of the young people in their interviews uh, saying, you know, same thing. Why are we here today? You know, why are we keeping this day in remembrance? And of course, we didn't march on the actual anniversary. You yeah. know, Sunday, uh, June 22nd was the anniversary, the 50th anniversary. And, and so we always are near the Friday prior to that. But what was great to say is that, you know, to hear all of these young people say, our work is not done. Mm-hmm. You know, we have still so much to do. And not just with the legal side. What I love to hear the post-generation uh, say was that now we need to find, we need to increase our resources. We need to increase our presence. We need to really pull our, in a sense, pull all of our resources to be there for women in need across this nation. And we need to be there not just in the moment, you know, uh, for them and the birth of their child, but leading up to that birth, after that birth, and giving them the resources they need. That's great to hear. And I can tell you as a pro-life leader, that's encouraging because that's been my my, my words all these many years. It's, it's the idea that we want to eradicate abortion. We want to put an end to this great violence and crime against the unborn, to our innocent brothers and sisters. And we want to, to make it where no woman ever thinks that abortion is the answer to her situation. But to do that, we need to have, as we do now, 
pregnancy care centers, resource centers. We need to have more than that. We need to be there with financial resources. We need to be there with legal resources and physical resources, and not just for that, that, that one year, but forever how long she has a need and to do it everything we can to be of assistance and to hear the younger generation you know, pick up that rally call and to realize, and, you know, uh, it's wonderful to hear because it tells me it will become a reality. And I imagine, you know, many years, and i sorry to, uh, to kind of uh, kind of backtrack a little bit, but I remember Nellie Gray. And I remember Nellie, in the, not the, being there in the founding of the march, but knowing Nellie and knowing the history and knowing how many people really tried to dissuade her. There was not a need for the march. People didn't think there was a need, but Nellie and those around her had the courage and the, and the, and the foresight to realize, no, we need to be present. We need to be here. And we need to be not only present, but vocal in our opposition against this great violence and this egregious act done by the Supreme Court. But with that, Nellie, also, you know, if we think back to the people with pregnancy care centers, oh, we don't need as many, we don't need that. But no, we do, and we still do. So, in other words, I'm, I'm very grateful to the people that didn't listen to the naysayers, who didn't listen to those that tried to dissuade them or tried to discourage them in any way. But they, like Father Marx and many others, they picked up that baton and ran with it. And we are here today because of them. And But as that post-Roe generation says, there is still much to be done. Well, and I think in some ways, going back to the March for Life and the founding of it, I think for a lot of younger pro-lifers, that's been like a key part of their lives growing up. Like we, I looked forward to the March every year. You got to travel to DC. You got to be part of this crowd of huge pro-lifers. You know you're not alone when you're doing it. You're in a crowd of other people that care about what you care about. And I don't know, I found it always very energizing and hopeful. And I know that in the past for the March, there was this balance people are trying to strike between being somber because it was the anniversary of Roe, right. but joyful because we're celebrating life. Right. And it was kind of nice this year because it was like, oh, well, Roe's gone, so this is still sad, but we can be more celebratory than usual. Exactly. But, and, and, and also, as you just said, just uh, always to be, a, we are a people of hope. We are people of life. And one thing that's very clear when you walk around the march and even leading up to the march, you know, you see the streets of D.C. filled with baby carriages and young families and families in general. You see busloads of young adults, young college students, high school students. Um, you even see, you know, grandparents, you know, and, and, and the whole, in other words, the whole face of the family is there. And what's so beautiful, I met this year legislators, you know, that they weren't in front of cameras, but walking in the crowd, walking among people, state legislators. I even saw a few federal faces out there uh, of, of our federal legislatures. And, and it was interesting to see that, you know, that at least I thought that's who they were and I couldn't get close <laughs> enough. But from a distance, I recognized them. And, and it, I thought to myself, wonderful. Even if it was just for a moment, even if they just were doing an interview down the street mm -hmm. and they walked out there, it's encouraging. And, and I, the sad thing is we know the national media still refuses to show it. And, and that's okay. Guess what? You know, the light still shines. And, you know, and I, I saw one little uh, uh, camera uh, image uh, on a video I, someone sent to me that must have been on top of one of the buildings near the Capitol. And uh, they show from a distance, a, a good distance, but you could, pro you could zoom in if they tried, how many people were out there. And so it really is a life-changing event. And for me, uh, again, as a pro-lifer who's been involved in this for so many decades, I, like you, I always look forward to the march. I look forward to being with friends from around the country. I look forward to be united in this effort. 
it's a moment of solidarity with mm-hmm. the with the preborn. It's also in solidarity with with every woman around our country in need. There's so much that happens uh, on those days, and and watching people, you know, on the street, but also, you know, at the various pro life our booth. You know, mm-hmm. at the hotel, yeah. where, sponsored by the March for Life, where so many pro-life leaders and, and organizations are gathered together and under, you know, kind of in just a couple of rooms and, and working together and across the aisle from each other. And you see so many people coming and going and stopping and, you know, saying, keep up the great work, proud of the work that you do, supporting the work, or, or even for some people not familiar with, uh, with all these apostolic works, for the first time being introduced and what I walked away with, because uh, I, I did a little short interview uh, for a newspaper, uh, haven't seen yet if it was published or not, but it was just, the, uh, they asked me, you know, the, um, one of the things I've kind of learned, if you will, from mm-hmm. the event. And one thing I brought up was what I'm always amazed is the face of the pro-life movement and how large that face is yeah. and how unique it is. And in that room, in those simple rooms, not all were there, but a great, great many pro-life leaders and their groups were there. And we're all united in this cause, even though we're all approaching the subject from different ways and different vantage points and approaches and topics, but we all are there for a single cause, to eradicate the mindset of abortion and to eradicate the violence of abortion. And so we all come in together, like, like flowers in, in a garden, different flowers, different species, but all there, united together. Mm-hmm. And we're one, you know, and I think that's that's something quite beautiful, uh, and and that's something that 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 can be used to really move forward, and I that always impresses me, you know, every time we do this, um, and and at rallies across the, the the world, I see the same thing, and I'm very much touched by that because not one group, not one individual is going to make this happen. It's all of us united together, so that's very exciting to see. Well, and then moving forward, you touched on this slightly before, but what can we do moving forward to create a culture of life? I know you were talking about pregnancy care centers and all of that, but can you go a little bit more in depth? I know you talked about it in your article, so. Right, well, yeah. the, the one thing that, you know, if we're gonna say as a, as a people that we are a pro-family, a mm-hmm. pro-life people, then it needs to reflect, you know, in mm-hmm. every aspect of our, our social environment. And, and that's really the challenge is, you know, how do we create systems and in policies and laws that really do reflect that, you know, and so so that's why we keep our presence at these marches for the legal side of it, you know, for the legislative side, because we want to challenge those uh, those positions and promote pro-life, pro-family legislation mm-hmm. that supports life, defends life, and serves life. And at the same time, we want to create within those systems other systems. So, for example, let's use the the tax initiatives. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one way that as a country we need to reevaluate. You know, do we really see? We say that we're for the family, but you know, do we have high taxes? How do our taxes affect the family? How does it affect you know young couples deciding on children and so forth? And so we need to look at that. We need to look at you know how our maternity leave policies are 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 in a sense of uh, are being employed, you know, paternity leave, you know, there's many ways of looking at that. We can look at also prices of food. How do we, how do we, you know, deal with this? You know, we have high inflation, you know, this affects families and not just, you know, not just our young families, it affects families in general and it affects the most vulnerable. And so all these things and so many others, you know, healthcare, 
you know, mm-hmm. education. So it's very expensive, you know, to to educate your children. This this needs to be looked at. Healthcare, how do you provide care for your children, for your family? So these are just but a few that need to be revisited and, and looked at. And, and, and the good thing is we've done this before. Mm-hmm. If we go back and look at healthcare in general, we realize that what you and myself are so familiar with just 50, 60 years ago was not the same. So we have made tremendous progress in making healthcare available, you know, to 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 people. We need to continue to look at that, but to keep costs down and to and to have that regulations where it's not as as expensive, uh, you know. To I mean, just to welcome a child into this world. I would I hear you know husbands and wives tell me what it costs mm-hmm. quote to have their child born. I'm 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 shocked, you know, uh, but I shouldn't be shocked. I mean, with everything else, but just the idea of going to the grocery store and seeing the cost of of just general goods. So, my point for bringing it up in the article is just that to stir a conversation. But what's beautiful, Colleen, I'm not the only one. I signed on as HLI's president to another group of pro-life leaders raising the same issues, raising the same concerns. Um, but I've noticed in many uh, interviews after the march hearing people say the same thing. So what this tells me is that we are now at a good point where we can, you know, now that Roe itself mm-hmm. has been overturned and we know that we're seeing such pro-life legislation happening in many states and challenges to their to the laws. And same time, we see what happened in California and other states, which means our work just is all the more important. But what we're seeing now is an opportunity to address the other issues, the other side of the equation. So, you know, for example, our pregnancy care centers, you know, uh, you know, most of these are 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 supported by donations by nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But you know, there are so many other resources out there that the state, you know, that we should have access to providing this kind of care. We're actually saving the states much money, you know, in this regard. So why should we not have access to those kinds of resources? Because we are helping women, we are helping families, we are protecting life, and we're providing resources that uh, that are vital to family life. These are the kinds of things we need to see develop, and we need to keep advocating for them. So I, I believe we're in a very good moment right now to to move that kind of conversation and to hear again so many people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Tells me it's happening, and to hear what that remember that young woman I just made a reference to a while ago that post row generation to hear her elevating that conversation yeah. tells me that our young adults see that they see that it has to be not just the pregnancy care centers, but a litany of other things need to come to bear. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Okay, this is just like a fun question. Now that Roe is gone, is there anything that you think that they should change about the march? Like what date it's on or the route? I know the route kind of changed this year, and we, but we still ended up at the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that just fun stuff that you think should be changed about it? Not, not really. I think that, you know, the, 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 the rally is important, you know, you know, kind of invigorating people. I mean, I think the, the actual uh, path is good. Uh, it would be nice that you know maybe to pass in front of the White House, but you know the but uh, but but guess what? We can go stand in front of the White House somewhere nearby and and do our little uh, you know our, our own little protest within reason. But but I do think the route is good because we want to be able to pass by you know the, the the very buildings in which these kinds of conversations are occurring. So I th- and I, I was a little surprised because I was told before the march that we were not going to end up at the Supreme Court. And we I, it did. might have just been habit. Well, maybe, <laughs> I think people but we, just, we, we made our way going. because we passed by the Rayborn building and then made our way up 
and, and around, and it was uh, it was quite beautiful because it, it, in the sense that there was another rally going on there, there were protesters going mm-hmm. on, and that's okay because you know the other side, you know we. Uh, you know, let them speak. But it's it's important for us to to keep the, the our voices present. So I was very happy with with the with the route. Uh, it uh, it was a it, we took a couple of turns for various reasons, but I don't know why. But uh, we ended up like I said, in this, in, right at the Supreme. I Court think that building. that was so we could go in front of the Capitol. I think that's why they uh, did. Okay. Like they kind of jogged out and around and back, and I think it was so we could pass in front of the Capitol. And we did. Yeah, that was and a different then, route. Yeah. I've heard that we were supposed to end in front of the Capitol, and then we ended up at the court. I'm not sure exactly what the official right. route was, right. but I just follow the crowd. But it was also good at the because uh, I know it's hard to to house in a sense of mm-hmm. you know in one, in one location, but it was so much fun. Uh, and this year I had not seen in previous years, and it could be because the weather. It could be because the weather was really nice. Is that people gathered outside? You know, just uh, I was. I met people at lo- local coffee houses, and mm-hmm. people were just talkative. If, if people were just visiting, uh, you know, I'd walk down the street, you know, to 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 pick up something and meet someone, and you know, and someone stopped me and just started talking. You know, mm-hmm. in, in previous years, you know, maybe because it was so cold and rainy that you know people were just focused on getting to a door and you know, you know, getting inside and you know, all bundled up. But uh, so, but it was. I felt it. I found a different spirit. Mm-hmm. And and I found that very exciting, and I'm hoping that as the, uh, the uh, next year comes around, and you know throughout the year in the various marches, that this this joyful spirit, this this knowing that we've accomplished a great task, a great goal, and what I would say, you know, Colleen, that I, I would add is that what I thought also was good is I heard more people comment about those that came before us, mm-hmm. that the generations of people that really laid the groundwork for all of this. And that we owe them a tremendous gratitude. And to hear people acknowledge that, talk about that, that now out of respect for what they did and all that hard work that, that's been done throughout these decades, that now we have a responsibility in being good stewards of that and to keep it going. And that was talked about a lot. And that's exciting to see. So I'm, I'm hoping that kind of momentum will be what spearheads new projects, new opportunities, new ways of approaching uh, this subject. So uh, again, it was just very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Father. This was a good discussion. I love talking about the March for Life after it's over. It's such a uniting, exciting experience. So. And, and if I may just make one last comment, I, I know that uh, uh, many state marches now are happening that did not happen before. Because now, and some people would say, well, doesn't it all turn to the state? We've already answered that. It does not. It, it's both and. It's not one or the other that this is still a federal issue and it's still a state issue. And so now, yes, many of our thing, our arguments are now being taken to the states to challenge you know, current laws or to pass pro-life legislation. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage you know, our listeners and to encourage others you know, to get involved on the state level as well mm-hmm. you know and if the, if you it's something that you have not been engaged in here's an opportunity i know uh that there's a large group here in virginia that are going to be attending the rich the march in richmond that's great to hear and many of them came to dc and now they're going off to uh to, to march there yeah. i know there are many other marches and rallies and walks happening across our nation and it would be good for people in their own states to know when they are and yeah. if they're not uh, able to do something at the state level at the community level remember it's on every level Mm-hmm. So this is why uh, this conversation is far, far from over. There's so much work still for us to be to do. So get involved. It's important for us to to to. And if there's nothing happening, maybe the Lord is calling one of our listeners to be the one that spearheads it, mm-hmm. organizes it. So we we don't want it. We want this momentum to keep building. Thank you, Father.
And to all of our listeners, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, whether you're listening on YouTube or Rumble or any of our audio platforms. I hope this was some great encouragement to go out and do things for the pro-life movement if you're able to. And keep on living the culture of life. God bless. (laughs) 